I will say as a, as a runner uh, and my fellow runners or my fellow walkers out there, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed to learn about that, but maybe, maybe with the new internet, they'll have Pelotons on there. Finally, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're really, now you're really snorting the pixie dust. Right? Now, now you're the internet. Oh my God. I almost fell off my chair. Welcome back, everybody. This week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast, and it is Father's Day today. So let me start by wishing all the Disney dads out there a happy Father's Day. I'm recording this on Father's Day Sunday. And side note, Sam's not here. So I'm having a solo Father's Day, but that's okay. I enlisted some help from a friend of our show, Steve. So let me start by welcoming Steve and wishing Steve a happy Father's Day himself. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Brian. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Sam is off in New York with a a bit of a family, a known family emergency or a planned family emergency, I guess I should say. So she and Nathan went back to New York to visit some family and uh, we'll be back next weekend. So I am solo for the week, which is in its own way kind of fun and in its own way can be lonely. So I'm glad to have Steve to talk to this evening to to sort of get my words out for the day. But anyway, (laughs) we're theming this show, I think kind of two dudes talking about the wish a little bit. And probably at the end of the show, we will do a little bit of uh, some of our favorite memories from on board the ship as fathers. Uh, But let's start by talking about The Wish. Steve, you are a Disney Cruise Line fan. We've had you on the show before. You are also a regular contributor over to the DCL podcast, which is another one of our show's favorites. And so you've got some street cred here, I would say, about cruising with Disney Cruise Line. (laughs) I just finally achieved my platinum status, Brian. I'm trying to to chase you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other reason I love to have you on is that Steve is a salty character. And so uh, sometimes he tells it like it is. And I love that about him. So we may get into some of that today about the wish. But Steve, you had said off air, you surveyed your family about things that they're looking forward to on board the wish. I'd be curious. I'd be curious. What things are your family most looking forward to about the wish? Because for everyone out there, let's just say this is going to start like the month and a half of nonstop, solid wall to wall wish coverage that you're going to get from many different quarters. So (laughs) this is the kickoff show uh, for that. But Steve, what's your family looking forward to on the wish? Yeah, I, I echo the sentiment of excitement, especially as the wish pulled up to uh, Castaway today on the day we're recording. I took a little survey of the family because I wanted to get their perspective. They've been watching the videos along on YouTube and and reading some of the my wife and I reading some of the uh, the blog posts and so on. Uh, so my my oldest son. He said he's most excited about the slide down to the kids club. He's, he's intrigued. <laughs> he used the word intrigued actually <laughs> by, by the slide down to the kids club. And he's also, he loves, uh, he's really into video games and uh, is, is super excited about some of that VR, the roller coaster experience where you get to build your, your coaster. And so those are like the things that he's most stoked about along with the, the Marvel restaurant, which he, uh, thinks is 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 awesome from the bits of what he saw and is incredibly curious whether or not they're going to be shrinking his food like the little <laughs> post that they had of Ant-Man <laughs> changing the size of, of the food on the table. So uh, my oldest Henry is most excited about that. I will say my my youngest little guy, he's got like he's in this stage of being super obsessed with Frozen still. He just is said he wanted to see the Frozen restaurant. Maybe much to your chagrin, Brian. Um I, I don't know if that's your <laughs> favorite thing. I- 
I'm actually excited. I'm excited to see what they do with them. Like, I think Frozen for me is overdone now in the parks and on the ships. But okay, like the restaurant, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I am probably perhaps most interested in what they do with the food in that restaurant <laughs> because Norway is a tough theme. Norway is a tough theme. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, and I actually, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Only I, I'm, I'm obviously going to root for it, but I also feel like it's the restaurant that I've paid the least attention to, which I have a feeling may surprise us. Just a hunch. I don't know why. I've, I'm basing that on nothing. So he's he seems to be excited about that. And also the Aquamouse. Both kids are excited about the Aquamouse. They love Mickey Minnie's Runaway Ra- Railway. They love Mickey Shorts. So all of that, they're like, they're all in. They're a magnet to that stuff. Like your eldest, I am excited for the slide, except I'll never get to experience it. And so I, I think we I think we both saw the pictures uh, this week of like a bunch of probably Disney execs milling about in the atrium on board the ship that got leaked out. And uh, someone I know someone commented on that, you know, each and every one of them are, are using that slide as much as they can before the general public comes on board. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the hyperspace lounge is in the lobby, right? Yeah, it is. I think it's on the main lobby floor. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, you spend enough time there, you could just make a di- mad dash for that slide and just head first. <laughs> See, that's what they should they should do is they should turn it into like they should have a hyperspace mountain overlay to the slide like they do at uh, at Disneyland. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they should hire us. We have the ideas. And then my wife, it, it, actually, she something I just I don't know why I overlooked this, but she she's one for details. She just liked the potential of the layout for the pools and for the top deck, just because as we know, I think the pools and some of the spaces uh, for families uh, right now is a little bit lacking, I think, across the fleet and can get quite crowded. And hopefully the layout helps with some of that crowd control and access. Because if you if you look, it's, it's kind of layered, I guess. They're separated. I wouldn't say they used a lot of real estate for pools, it looks like again, but I think the design of it uh, has potential to be a little, a little better use of, of that real estate. State. So yeah, she was she was really stoked about about the that potential and the adult area, which looks awesome. Yeah, that adult area off the back of the ship is really intriguing to me because they've always I feel like they always put the adult area at the front of the ship, but this time around they have a isn't it an infinity pool off the back that we've seen the artwork for kind of thing. Yeah, the infinity pool. It, it looks it looks really great. I, you know, and I, they have so they have t- tons of data and analytics, and they I I think you know since I've been going on cruise line, I, I feel like me, it, this is just anecdotal. There's more adults traveling without kids that you, that go on the line. Whereas maybe at, at the start of Disney cruise line, maybe that was a little bit different, but again, that I'm just speaking from what I see now from actual data. So, you know, I think they have an eye towards that and have plussed up the adult spaces pretty good there. So. Well, I can speak for Sam, I think, and say that I know she's excited about many, many things, but along the lines of your son in the like VR in the kids club, I think she's really excited for the augmented reality experience that uh, is supposed to be making its way on the ship. I guess we'll have to see if it's ready for prime time in the early sailings on the Wish, but I know she's excited because uh, she's a big fan of the... She's a big fan of the midship detective agency on the Dream and the Fantasy, so she, she's really looking forward to trying that out. So maybe your son will be impressed by that as well. Yeah, we did. We, we did think that was great. You know, another potential interactive experience that that builds on what they've had before. We did midship detective for the first time, my son and I, last time we were on the ship, and he absolutely loved it. He, it was the thing he talked about. You know, usually when we get off the ship and we're sad, we start talking about okay, what was everybody's favorite moment of the trip, and have our <laughs> own wrap up together. And uh, he he absolutely loved midship detective it's it's a lot of fun and I, I i've said this before but it's it's such a great way to um the way they created it, it's such a great way to see most of the ship it, it takes you you know through you know most every every floor for the most part i think there's two different versions of it the one we did 
took took us through the whole bullshit. So uh, yeah, that was great. It, it, it was great. Where you normally may not have gone to, you know, say deck seven because it's all it's all mostly just cabins. Um, so it's it's great great way to get your steps in and walk around the ship and see it. So I'm, I'm I am looking forward to that augmented reality experience as well. Yeah, I, I'm hard pressed to figure out what I'm most looking forward to, but I think at the top of my list is probably got to be the new rainforest experience that they're going to have that's like outdoors and you know it just it looks like an amazing area on board the ship although it leads to and maybe i'll ask this of you next sort of what questions do you still have lingering i think that rainforest area is kind of where the crew pool is or the team club is on the ships, depending on which ship you're on. And there's a walkway that goes all the way around the ship. Although, spoiler alert, we have learned, and maybe we'll comment on this later, that there is no actual track that goes all the way around. So no running track like they have on the promenade deck today on board the ships. But I'm curious if like that is open to people to walk around to get to the front of the ship and that they can stare down into the rainforest area or not. <laughs> because that, that would be a little weird, I think. It would be a little awkward to be enjoying yourself in the spa but have all these people kind of up on a deck above you i don't know but i am looking forward to seeing what that looks like yeah i i thought the preview of the design looked great we've used the rainforest room before and really enjoyed it so and usually my my wife gets a spa treatment every time we go on or most every time we go on i would say so yeah all of that should be great and again i so many of these spaces just look kind of plussed up to me, they, you know, from what I've seen. I think my concern, if I did have one, would be, some, like you said, some of the flow just to get the, a lay of the land and the layout. I, I think we met, like we mentioned before, something like Hyperspace Lounge, you know, being uh, near the late, the lobby in the atrium. I'm curious how they use that space because I'm assuming that's going to be extremely popular. So if you if you go on the Dream of the Fantasy or the, and you see, uh, what is the bar that's closest to the lobby over there, Brian? I think it's Bon Voyage. I think that's the name of that bar. Bon Voyage. Yep, that's correct. Yes. So so that uh, that bar there, to, I really like that bar. It's not frequented that often. Um, I find sometimes after dinner, late at night, or, you know, as people are going to the theater, people go to it. So there's should be with the hyperspace lounge over there, if it's in that kind of similar space, I would think there's gonna be a lot more traffic to that place. You know, there'll be a lot more traffic in that in that lobby. So I'm very curious what the flow is gonna be like, very curious what that bar looks like. You know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it was even mentioned that with its popularity, maybe it'll be like reservation based to go down to that bar, you know, kind of like Oga's. Yeah. Or, or yeah, at least or like a virtual queue kind of set up for it. I could see that. <laughs> Everything Star Wars has to start off virtual queue, right? I mean, that's the only mm-hmm. way to go. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious about those spaces. And so like, I like being on a cruise ship because you have this connection out to the ocean, right? It's not that I've just gone to a hotel and it happens to be floating. It's that, like, I actually like to get connected in with that, that quiet, serene peacefulness of the kind of the cruising, right? And a lot of these spaces seem heavily dependent upon you being kind of in an enclosed, controlled environment, right? And so I wonder how much of that is going to be the case, right? So you're going to Hyperspace Lounge, you know, it's it's a bar, but you're not mm-hmm. going to have any view out of the ship because you're going to be staring at screens, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like what Skyline is today. So that's fair. I hope they have then the equivalent of the O'Gills, right? Where you can go and have these large portholes that actually look out on the ocean if that's kind of the experience that you want to have. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. I I enjoy the experience of being connected to the ocean and being able to have those moments where you can walk around parts of the ship and still you know feel that. So like you know one thing I think that's interesting you know people in this in, in the community or that obviously you know if you're listening to a, 
a Disney related podcast, you're probably a fan. There's the, the sort of, uh, uh, conflicting thing about the, the IP that's been injected everywhere across, across Disney, uh, all the intellectual property. One of those things being that like Incredibles kind of obstacle course that's going to be in that, uh, that, that activity area up, uh, on the top deck. And I believe that's enclosed as, as well, right? Like that's, that, but like that's in, a, that's a welcome thing for me because it's basically taking what was the outdoor basketball courts right on the ships and turning them into multi-purpose space, which means those spaces can really evolve over time. I feel like in the way that in a way that a basketball court just can't. So <laughs> yeah, exactly the way that, I mean, like the basketball courts. If you, when it opened up for COVID, they were being used as like places for loungers. That's that's how little people use those spaces. Oh, I'm I'm super pumped that they're going to add something like that with families and have like because there there are a lot of things on the ships that are interactive for adults. You know, in the in the lounges and there's we've done like some of the Disney Junior shows and stuff that they do in the D lounge with the kids. But this seems like a very active and interactive family event, you know, that almost, uh, I, I want to say someone knew like how popular the diaper dash was and, you know, and was like, we can make a whole obstacle course and, and put it in a space. So no, I know I'm, I'm glad they appropriated space for that because it's also going to be a space that's going to have to be staffed by cast, cast members as well and people that are going to interact with you. Uh, and, it, and like you said, you could repurpose it for a number of different things. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. Just be, yeah, it'll be, I'm, I'm curious, which maybe leads me to the question, what do you still have questions about? Where are the big question marks for you on the ship, Steve? I, I will say one of mine is, I am super curious about this tower suite, just kind of as a almost like voyeuristic interest here to see what the heck it looks like. <laughs> but my biggest question mark about it is, what does this private elevator thing mean and how does it work? Like, I'm just really like I have been hung up on you this for spend months. Like forty thousand to check it out. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just I've been hung up on it, right? I'm like, well, how is that going to work, right? Like, where where is that going to be? That's a big question mark for me. And I guess along those lines too, the big question mark I have is they've reduced the number of onboard elevator banks down to two, right? And what is that going to do for the the flow of the ship, if anything? So I, I found that to be interesting. But wh- where are your question marks, Steve? I think some of it is you know. I guess I don't care. Let me put it this way. I don't really care that much about the rooms per se. I don't spend a lot of time there. I think one of the great things about Disney Cruise Line rooms is their functionality. And I hope from what I looked at uh, and, and I've seen is, is they've in some ways maybe improved on that. And, they, you know, like the split bathroom, you know, what they consider a, a, a deluxe veranda and a deluxe family veranda are generally called suites on other fleets. Um, and I, so I like that they, there's a, the rooms are large, they function well, and they're good for families. I was hoping that they would add a little bit more to them. They look a little bit modern in a way that I'm not used to maybe on a Disney cruise line ship, if that makes any sense, like just kind of clean, minimalistic. Well, almost, yeah, almost sterile, right? Like just, they lack character a little bit from what a I've been seeing. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because because I think that's been the general direction of Disney World and their hotels, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And you know, a lot of people like that, and that's perfectly fine. And I think some of the newer rooms are really beautiful. But, there, um, but there's a way to there's a way to pull that off, kind of an understated thematic elegance. Like I think about the Riviera, right, where people rave about those rooms and how they look, and it's sort of the the theming of them does tie back in to kind of what you would expect to see in kind of a European hotel room. And then on the other end of it, though, you get like the contemporary where they retheme the rooms to Incredibles and it is like in your face theming. I actually think they did it kind of tastefully. I know there's a lot of dispute out there. Like I think it's kind of fun the way they did it. And so it does feel like the cruise line's going on the Riviera side of this mm-hmm. equation. 
Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they've just gone maybe just a just a step too far, right? Because the rooms today on the ships have that kind of, you know, they make you feel like you're on a ship. And this one is starting to make you feel like you're just in a hotel a little bit. Potentially. We haven't experienced it. I got to put the caveat. We've not been in these rooms. So <laughs> we're relying on what we have seen thus far. And some, you know, some stuff is, you know, obviously leaked out on these ships. So, you, you know, there are photos available out there. You can see some things. But we're just talking about what we've seen. And also what we've seen may not be 100% fully finished at this point, as it uh, does sound like uh, from what we've been hearing uh, secondhand that they've been putting this ship together as they've been sailing her across the <laughs> Atlantic. So lots lots remains. But I, I, yeah, I think that's a good question mark to have is how will these rooms feel once you're in them? All right, we're taking a quick pause here and excited to welcome a new show sponsor to our show is going to be sponsoring our bonus episodes, at least for the next couple of months. And that is Blisslets. And so if you've not heard of Blisslets before, first, you're probably going to be seeing them on board the Disney ships here pretty soon and being sold in the Disney stores. They are a fabulous alternative to C-Band. So Sam got a chance to check them out on our last cruise. They were kind enough to send her a couple of pairs to try out. Sam suffers from some seasickness and motion sickness at times and has used C-Bands in the past to try and alleviate that. And so she decided to give these blisslets a try. The two things Sam loved most about her blisslets were, one, they're a much more stylish alternative to the traditional C-Bands, but two, they also were better constructed. Uh, She said that she felt like they would hold up a lot better to the wear and tear on board than uh, the C-bands would. So she really liked them. They had a lot of great styles, even have some in leather. Uh, And so really, really nice product that she enjoyed. And she can't wait to try them out again on our cruise coming up here soon. So if you are a traditional C-bands user, but you're looking for something that's just maybe a little bit nicer to wear on board the ship, then head over to blisslets.com and check them out. We highly recommend them. And Sam has really enjoyed the product so far. So head over there, check them out. And thanks to Blisslets for sponsoring this bonus show. Yeah, I, I like, I like, I'll, I'll use the word, uh, I like a comparison between the Riviera and contemporary, regardless of, of anybody's opinions on that. Distinction is, I think, what I would look forward to. It's having some distinct, even, you know, like my mom uh, has been on, has been on tons of cruises. She's been on a lot of Disney cruises and, and for her, you know, she sometimes gets confused across the fleet, which, but which ship she's been on, you know? And, and and so and I understand that obviously I mean there, there's there's four ships two of them are sister ships and so some some maybe distinction now because I think the lobby really uh, t- to its uh, credit has distinction that is a very different lobby to me and I that's great and and the the, the opportunity I think they have is to keep the feel and the culture and the streamline across because that I want to keep but to be able to now design and have distinction is is the caveat and I and I and I would like to have that and I was just using your rooms as that example cuz uh, you know I I've always appreciated the way Disney rooms are are laid out especially for families uh so if we can if we can have some some distinction there and distinction I think also in the restaurants you know I I I really you, you're an avid Disney cruiser obviously and you've been on so many and you've how many times have you had some of the same dishes and it's it's welcome to an extent but I think you would probably also say you're ready for some changes there not necessarily radical ones but I'm I'm, I'm super pumped about 1923 uh you know you mentioned before the challenge of of delivering you know Norwegian uh of food to you know a mass market crew American cruise cohort for the most part. And then, you know, you have Marvel, Palo Steakhouse, and uh, Ashante, right? So you've got some different experiences now at the top end restaurants. You know, I think the people are a little bit conflicted because they absolutely love Palo. And now to call it Palo Steakhouse feels a little bit weird. It's like an homage to the 
original, but now we're moving forward to a steakhouse style restaurant. Yeah, I, I, I view that though as like different parts of it. And Steve, you're of Italian heritage, so you can correct me if I am wrong here. <laughs> but there are parts of Italy where the steak is the thing, right? If I think about yeah, uh, Florentine you know, steak. Florence, yeah, Florence, and even up in Venice, I feel like they had kind of a tradition around uh, steak at some of the restaurants we ate at. So, like, I feel like there's coherence, and maybe that's. You're talking about distinction. I'm interested to see if all of these experiences hang together coherently, if that makes sense. If there's like a design language that goes throughout the ship and maintains some level of coherence, or if it really starts to depart in ways that feel jarring. Well, I would say the from what I've seen, the exterior of the ship looks absolutely beautiful. But my perspective on what I really like, some people would say, why don't they do something completely different? They all look the same sort of. And I... I, I get that. I get that feedback. I just, you know, I, I love it. I hope they never change that the style that they have. I, I, I absolutely love the the sort of classic experience. And Line, yeah, ocean liner. Yeah. Exactly. The ocean liner experience. That external is their brand. There is no mistaking a Disney ship when it's in port. There's zero. Like the only ship I've ever even come close to confusing it with is like a Queen Mary 2 or something like that. Right. Which is an ocean liner. So. You're right. They're never going to, it's never going to be like, I think it's the celebrity apex, you know, with the restaurant that goes up and down and it's really neat, innovative ideas. And I'm sure people love it. It's just, it's not going to be an ocean liner plus these kind of other experiences that you're going to see. I think, I think what you see is what you get and it's going to continue that way. I just, I worry, I worry a little bit about the internal design coherence because it's pretty like today, I feel like the internal ship coherence is there in terms of there's an interior design coherence around like art deco design and that sort of thing. Right. It's hard to, it's hard to maintain that coherence when you come off of that gorgeous lobby that you pointed out into a Star Wars bar. Right. So I think they like I I like when they use their IP, but it does make it hard to then have a consistent design aesthetic on something like a ship. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I think I think I think the way you said that is the challenge of of the direction of of the company, you know, and and that's going to happen on the cruise line, even though I think we all collectively feel like cruise lines, you know, a much different entity than parks are the way they're run and so on. But I think the idea that they're going to take all this intellectual property that Disney has literally played millions and billions for and make sure it's there to draw in, you know, a wide audience that, you know, there, there, there aren't people, I, I think we're might be in the minority of the opinion about caring some about some of that. Sometimes I think the same thing applies for the parks. I, I always try to think about, you know, I get people's perspectives that are, are your family that comes down twice in their lifetime when their kids are young or will do, you know, a, a land and sea vacation. And that's what they do. They get on the wish for three, four days to go to the parks and that's their vacation. They don't, they're not thinking about, you know, things like, Oh, that's weird that there's a star Wars lounge right there. And you could see the Cinderella statue. Right, right. So, (laughs) yeah. No, I mean, fair enough. And look, we've already had, like, this is, to your point, an extension of what's going on in the parks, right? I mean, mean, the the opening of Guardians Rewind, right, or Cosmic Rewind, a lot of people do not agree with them putting that in Epcot and think that it destroys the continuity of Epcot. They did it anyway. (laughs) I don't see them, I don't see them easing up off the gas and the ride has gotten some rave reviews. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a lot of people disagreed with putting that in Disneyland Park on the West Coast. Did it anyway. It's just, it's, it's, I do think it's easier to make those kinds of decisions within a park environment though, where you've got multiple lands and places to put it. You can, you can argue for a design coherence. It's a little bit more difficult when you're talking about a princess theme atrium in a Star Wars bar right next to it. So it'll be interesting. It'll just be interesting to see. I know that venue will be popular and I agree with you. 
Like lots of people are going to love it. I will probably love it, but I do hope that they're able to maintain some design coherence throughout the ship. So, <laughs> absolutely, I, I I hope so. I hope I hope I think you know to to use I hope the flow of things is is good. Um, y- you know, and they and they they keep that uh, eye towards you know what they've done on on previous ships while also pushing the envelope forward to something you know new. Uh, and exciting. And, uh, and like Brian, you mentioned, I can be salty and give good <laughs> constructive feedback. Some of it is maybe, uh, not always well thought out and a bit impulsive in my reaction, but, <laughs> but I think, you know, I trust my gut and I, and everything I've seen, um, for the most part, I've really, I, I really thought given them, um, a tip of the cap to what they've done. Uh, but, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna bait you with one decision they made that I alluded to earlier in the show that I am sure that you would not tip your cap to them over, which is there's no running track. How does a modern cruise ship not have a running track? And and for for those out there, I like we have we have now confirmed through kind of multiple sources secondhand there is no track that will go all the way around the promenade deck that is conducive to runners. We're hearing that you can. I, I'm, I'm hearing you can go around, but you have to walk upstairs basically, which is not, you know, like maybe you're, maybe you're doing a little hill training on your run. It's fine. But most, most runners would prefer just like the one continuous circular loop, not to have to run back and forth on a ship, which I, I did the last ship I, I sailed on or the wonder they had some maintenance going on it. So I had to keep starting at one place and running the U and then turning around and going the opposite direction and keep, keep doing that. And it was annoying. Like it was terrible, but even if they don't have it there, a lot of ships put it up on the top deck, right? They put a, they put a circular track up on the top deck for runners. I know Chris, in the concierge lounge who has been on our show and your show he, he raved about the celebrity version of that i think it was and how it was like running through a park and it took twists and turns it was kind of fun and like in this day and age it is amazing to me that you get away with putting together a ship without a running track <laughs> especially when you have a product in the portfolio called run disney i i completely agree i mean so let's say you're you know, you're training for your run Disney event. You've got a back to back on the wish for a week. You, you've got to get a run in. I mean, obviously there's a treadmill and also you could probably get off at port and go for a run and be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> runs in port, but it, it's something, it's something I do now. Sometimes it's extremely windy up there and it's not very fun to run. And when you make that one turn and you're like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Oh my gosh. But you know, there's something so awesome about being able to run and just be out by the ocean and and just get a couple laps in if anything it's usually something i do at least once during the course of even a short cruise i don't really i absolutely despise treadmills i bore the heck out of me well even worse it they're even worse at sea when the ship is pitching up and down like it's like oh i'm going uphill and i'm going downhill i'm going up <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah you got a little motion sickness going while you're moving too it's super <laughs> fun like me but hopefully i don't i don't know hopefully they compensated some way put a couple extra treadmills I haven't seen anything. Dude, I, that's a good question. I know it's probably not exciting to anybody. I haven't seen anything about the gym. I'm sure it's pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely when we're on. I'm definitely going to check it out because I want to see what it looks like. I mean, it's it is interesting because the ones on the the ones on the uh, Wonder and I think the Magic Two are up front, and so they're like right on the front of the ship with windows. Whereas on the I think it's the Dream of the Fantasy. I'm on the side uh, of the ship facing out. So just be interesting to see where they... I, I'm sure I could go look at the deck plan and figure out where they've put the thing on there. I haven't focused on it, but I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see where it is, and I'm interested to see if they have made it smaller or larger based on utilization on the other ships. Because in some some cases, I'm on a cruise, and there's a lot of people in there exercising. In some cases, not so much. And so... You know, did they design this thing for the three to four night market where people maybe would be like, oh, I'll just skip the exercise for the weekend? Or did they design this thing potential for it to be doing the seven nights and longer down the line? Yeah, 
I will say as a, as a runner uh, and my fellow runners or my fellow walkers out there, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed to learn about that, but maybe, maybe with the new internet, they'll have Pelotons on there. Finally, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> now, now you really, now you're really snorting the pixie dust. Right? Now, now you're the internet. Oh my God. I almost fell off my chair. Well, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to hear the feedback from your co-hosts, uh, Steve and Christy, who are on the, where are they? They're on the magic right now, right over in, and they got an upgrade. So I've been waiting to hear like, is the internet actually as fast as advertised or is it same old, same old new provider? So yeah, it'll be- I haven't seen it. Any kind of feedback coming in piping hot from Christy. So that might be actually a good thing because she's pretty on it. Or, it or she can't get access to the internet. On the <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I have seen good photos. Fo- I think they're going to Dubrovnik tomorrow, but they have been able to post in port. But yeah, I think that's going to be another important thing. It's it's something that I don't necessarily value, but I know because I, I really have the privilege and I, I really enjoy disconnecting as much as possible. But, you know, for people that don't want to connect, uh, disconnect that, you know, maybe like yourself or doing some content creation work, et cetera. It's important in 2022. It's un- and if you're if you're just a cruiser and not necessarily a huge Disney cruise fan, you'll be awfully disappointed with the IT infrastructure and, and Wi-Fi on Disney boats. And it's we've talked you've talked about it at nauseum, and it's just it's just completely unacceptable. But let's let's hold the hope, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I think it's necessary for them to start to capture the younger audience because the reality is, even if you're an adult and you want to put your phone away, fine. Not everyone can do that, as you've noted. But the reality for kids, right, is they're just online constantly now. Like the expectation is that the internet is everywhere. It's a utility for them. It's no longer a uh, nice to have, right? So, so if you're going to capture their imagination and attention and make this a vacation they want to do, which to be fair, if my son tomorrow was suddenly harping on, a, we only want to stay at Universal Orlando, then you know that that may influence where my dollar goes, right? So, um, so I think Disney's got to you know live up to the expectation here for the crowd. But well, speaking speaking of kids, let's round out the show. It's Father's Day. Father's Day today, so I think we gotta we gotta share some some favorite memories from onboard the ship. Uh, I know Steve, you have carried in tow with you not one, not two, but perhaps three favorites. So I'm gonna let you go first because I I really have I really just have one because uh, I've shared so many. I tried to find a new one today, and I, I think I landed on it. So I'm gonna let you go first. What's some What's some of your favorite memories with the kids on board? Well, I, let me. I'm gonna lead just with my oldest. I'll just do. Two, I'll get you two memories from our first cruise. So I'll go back all the way to the. To the first cruise as 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 a family, <laughs> this the first one's a funny one. My son was eight months my, uh, when I when I took him on first. We're on the Disney Wonder in, uh, in April of 2016. He was a uh, like a lot of children. He was not uh, uh, the most wonderful sleeper in the world. And part of why we booked the trip is because we went with Grandma and Grandpa, and my wife and I just absolutely needed a break <laughs> and some semblance of an adult life and we were living in Brooklyn and didn't have any family around at the time and anyway so that all goes to say to bring context to the first night the first night my son what I would consider sleeping through the night which was about six straight hours seven hours at that point at eight months was on the Disney Wonder <laughs> so so the motion of the ocean if you will <laughs> made that child <laughs> sleep through the night and we actually went out for some adult drinks so that so that is, in a weird way, is a, is a funny and also awesome memory that I have of the first time I can really recall my son give, giving us a real long stretch of, of sleep uh, on that cruise. But subsequently, like the, the really, uh, if, if, if I can use the word magical moment, uh, we were in, and this is why I love uh, animators' palette on the classic ships so much. When they were doing the show, uh, this is 
hopefully not a spoiler for some of you, but you know, Sorcerer of Mickey comes out during the uh, during the show at Animators. For, for the first time, and I, you know, I was like pumping my son with like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse at home before we're going on the trip, just really getting him pumped up. You know, I mean, he's eight months old. How much could he really recognize or know? He absolutely, I have it on video. He absolutely, I may have shared this with you, Brian. Sorcerer Mickey comes right by our table. He lets out the loudest squeal you could possibly imagine and just the most amazing excitement in that moment. And that I was totally blown away by the magic of that show. And I will never forget that moment when my son had that recognition of Sorcerer Mickey coming by our table. So that, that, that for me was like some of, of, of my favorite memories. And it goes all the way back to us being on the Disney wonder, which I, God knows, I don't know if I'll ever catch it beyond it again, if I can <laughs> go over to Alaska someday. <laughs> But uh, yeah, those are those are some of my favorite my favorite memories. We got to get you out west, Steve. You got to you got to come out, and uh, Creasy and I will meet you down in San Diego. We will do we'll do a, a podcast cruise on the Wonder. We got to do it. We have to. That would definitely <laughs> draw me. I got to get out west, even if it's a two night Baja. I got to get back on the Wonder. I, I haven't been to Tiana's. I re- I really I really would love to go back. Well, we 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 would we would love to have you out here. Well, so I actually, as you were talking, it made me rethink my memory with my son. And so I have, look, I have shared multiple memories with him on board and Sam and I have talked many times. I'm not going to go with the old stalwart, which is him hugging Chewbacca on our first and actually I think our only, no, our first Star Wars day at sea. Actually, no, it was our second Star Wars day at sea. I have to say that. That was such a cute memory. And he also has a great one where he was uh, interacting with the droids and he was totally sold on the fact that those droids were 100% real because no one would be small enough to fit into R2-D2's costume. And and thankfully, he <laughs> spoiler alert for all the kids out there, you can put, put, put your hands over your ears. So he did not spot the woman in the... The dining room using the remote control. So, um, <laughs> so uh, that, those are. Cla- but my my absolute recent favorite memory came from I think it was our very first sailing back as a family after the restart, and they were doing the character appearances in Enchanted Garden, where they were coming through and doing a parade. He was eating his dinner, and the characters came in, and I, I could just see him perking up and getting kind of excited for this. And as they got to the table, he was waving and clapping and just so excited to see hit, see those characters. And Nathan knows, again, hey kids, throw your hands over your ears, that those are people in costumes. And so he knows it's, you know, it's not real, but it's it's magical for him. So, and I I almost just started crying because he was just having such a fun time, and to just be able to see that through his eyes for even a, a moment or two, and see that level of excitement for for those characters, it was just it was amazing. So melts my heart even as I think about it today. So on this Father's Day, I think we will we will wrap it up there. Steve, uh, anyone listening to this show, if you don't already listen to the DCL podcast, head over there because throw them in your rotation. They are a great show and a uh, real inspiration for our show as well. So, Steve, you want to give a plug over for where people can find the DCL podcast? Yeah, we're on Instagram, on on Twitter at DCL Podcast. Uh, I know Christy would love uh, a shout out to her uh, social media at Pack Your Pixie Dust and her website, PackYourPixieDust.com. Brian, you might want to edit that. I don't know if you can keep that in because I know you have another sponsor. Sorry about that. 
No, yeah, we we will leave it in. We always allow our travel agent friends to get their plug in. And uh, so, yes, no, yes. Chrissy has some fantastic social media out there. And again, if if you're not already listening to the DCL podcast, head over there and check them out. They are fabulous. And Steve, Steve and Christy and Chris are all just fabulous, positive people in the community. So great to give them a shout out and a listen. So, well, we will wrap it up there. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And thanks, Steve, for uh, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was great. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Well, thanks as always for listening to our bonus episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have uh, suggestions for bonus content that we could put out, hey, let us know. Questions, people you'd like us to talk to, that sort of thing. We're always open to show suggestions, so just let us know. So with that, just thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading the reviews from our listeners and connecting with you in that way, and we love reading them on the main show each week. So head over, leave us those five-star reviews. We've got a few left to read, but we'll run out quickly. So don't miss your chance. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo blog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can browse over to a youtube.com slash dclduo to see some of the videos we put up from our vacations. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of the show each and every month. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.